Blog Talk Radio. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. One, two, one, two, one, two, three, four, five. One, two, one, two, one, two, three, four, five. Once again, it is Tuesday night, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. That could only mean one thing. Welcome back. You are locked in to the best two hours of your week. It is the best sports talk show on the airwaves right now. You are locked in to Dead End Sports. I'm your host, 12 Kyle. The phone number to call in, area code 646-478-0356. Again, 646-478-0356. This is an interactive show. We ask that you not just listen to the show, be a part of the show, participate in tonight's discussion. Now, there's a couple of ways you can do that. You can log into our chat room. Our chat room is always open and always interactive. Create a profile for yourself, and you can participate in tonight's discussion. Uh, If not, you can log in as a guest and watch the uh, chatter going back and forth between tonight's uh, participants in the uh, chat room. Uh, if you're on Facebook, hit us up, facebook.com, backslash Dead End Sports. That's our page. Like the page, become a fan of the page. And that way you can keep up with sports news and things of that nature throughout the day. Uh, we also have a website. Make sure that you check out our website because our podcasts are featured on the website. It's called deadendsports.com. Uh, make sure you check that out as well. Uh, if you're on Twitter, you can follow us, follow the show on Twitter at Dead End Sports. Uh, you can also follow us individually. You can follow me at 12Kyle. You can follow FIFO at FIFO247. You can follow Ken at KBINGE. And you can follow Beezy at Beezy430. Uh, make sure that you hit us up. Also on YouTube, we have a YouTube channel, uh, youtube.com backslash Dead End Sports. We feature our videos on our channel. In fact, we just dropped a new, brand new video uh, earlier this afternoon uh, after tonight's show. Make sure that you check out our, our, our video. We talked about uh, the All-Star game, which is something we're going to talk about again tonight as well. Um, just covering All-Star uh, events uh, over the weekend. Um, so make sure that you subscribe to our page. Uh, watch our videos. Subscribe to the channel. And then, more importantly, tell a friend. Pass the word. The more people you know, the more people you can get it out there. Uh, you want to tell people about a good thing because <laughs> dead in sports is definitely a good thing. Um, remember, this show is being broadcast live each and every Wednesday night. Excuse me, every Tuesday night. I'm sorry. Uh, so in the event you cannot listen to the show live, make sure that you check out the archives at blogtalkradio.com backslash dead in sports. You can also check us out on Stitcher if you have an Android or iPhone. Uh, download, go to the application store, uh, download the Stitcher application. It's free, doesn't cost you anything. Uh, upload it. You can listen to Dead End Sports at your leisure, at home, or on the go. It's just that simple. Again, the phone number to call in, 646-478-0356. Again, 646-478-0356. Um, 
got a lot of stuff to talk about. We're going to keep it hot and heavy. Of course, the NBA All-Star Weekend just passed, so uh going to cover that tonight. Uh, a lot of stuff to talk about. So, And, of course, I will not be doing it alone. Uh, we'll be bringing on my partners in crime in just a second. Uh, but, yeah, we're going to talk about the All-Star Weekend, three-point shootout, slam dunk competition. Also going to talk about some of our uh, best slam dunk contestants of all time. Uh, Jackie Robinson West, the Little League uh, baseball team from Chicago. We're going to get in some conversation about that. Uh, Kevin Durant versus the media. Kevin Durant <laughs> is channeling his inner Marsh, uh, Marshawn Lynch right now having a little beef with the media. Uh, the NBA trade, de- trade deadline is Thursday, so we're going to talk about that. A lot, a lot of NBA talk, so we're going to keep it hot and heavy, so make sure they pass the word. Tell a friend to tell a friend. The boys are back on the air again. Hit us up, 646-478-0356. So without further ado, let's get tonight's show cracking, man. Let's jump to the phone line. Let's bring on my partners in crime. First, let's bring on the beat maker to the crew, my man Beasy. Beasy, what up, though? What up? What's good, Kyle? Chillin', man. What's up with you? Nothing. Just gaming. That's all gaming right now. Just gaming. <laughs> you know man, when, do, when are you not gaming? <laughs> yeah, you know, you know, it's, it's, sometimes these games be addictive, man. I can't use front. Oh, I, I, I understand. I understand totally. I understand totally. Uh, next, let's bring on, man, the point guard of the crew, my man, FIFO. FIFO, what's good, man? Yo, what up, Kyle? Chilling, chilling, chilling. What's up with you? Not much, man. Just chilling, yo. No doubt, no doubt. And last but not least, bring on Professor X to the crew. My man Ken. Ken, what's good? Hey, what's good, Kyle, man? Just, uh, oh, man, just got in the house about 30 minutes ago, man. So I okay. Just wolfed down some, some some baked pork chops and, and here about to do this show. I was just sitting at sitting at the table, man, eat, eating, and I looked up. I was like, "Oh snap! It's nine o'clock. Let me run, run, run and grab the phone, man." Yeah, so working on this big project at work, man. So I've been spending a lot of time there. So you know, doing the do. I understand. I understand. We're gonna get it hot and heavy, man, for the next two hours. The best two hours of your sports week, right here. You're locked in to Dead End Sports again. The phone number to call in: six four six four seven eight. Zero three five six again six four six four seven eight zero three five six. Uh, let's start right there, man. All Star Weekend has come and gone. Uh, the NBA All Star Weekend was this past weekend uh, in New York City, uh, the mecca, <laughs> as I was told uh, several times over the weekend. Um, so yeah, let's start right there, man. Uh, just give me your overall thoughts on, on the, uh, the, the the celebrity game, the slam dunk competition, three-point contest. As I mentioned earlier, for those of you just tuning in, we did a video. Uh, we shot a video Sunday, and uh, the video just dropped today. So when you finish listening to tonight's show, uh, make sure that you check out our video. Uh, go to YouTube.com backslash Dead End Sports uh, to check that out as well. Um, but, yeah, I'll, I'll start first with you, B. I mean, what was your overall take on the uh, – all-star festivities, you know, maybe some highlights, things that you that stood out to you, things that you liked. Um, the the um, I missed the 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 rookie game, the rookie sophomore game. I didn't catch okay. that one, and I pretty much caught pretty much the whole Saturday event: the uh, shooting stars, the skills competition, three-point contest, and dunk contest. Uh, I think I probably only watched like the maybe. Second quarter and then the beginning of the third quarter, and I ended up dozing off uh, the All Star game. 
But I okay. thought the extra Saturday, I thought the Saturday's event was pretty eventful. I mean, you know, I thought three point contest. You know, we had true the, the games like literally right now the game's best shooters playing in that league. You know, um, playing the three point contest with and then the people I pretty much expected to be in the finals were you know in the finals. You know, and um, dunk contest. You know, I, I wish Victor would have got a lot of his dunks on the first attempt. It would have it would have made this dunk contest a lot more interesting, but. You know, Zach was just ahead of the class. He was ahead of everybody else. And it was it was like similar to Vince Carter. It was like it was a Zach Levine show. You know, so, right, right, right. And it was you know it, it was it was good to see a good little young a young player, someone who was 19, 20 years old, a good a good someone that we might be going to see in the dunk contest a few more times. Um, it is good it's to see the energy that he brought to the dunk contest that we haven't seen in a good minute, probably since I can think of a Jason Richardson that brought some good energy to the dunk contest. Um, so, you know, it was pretty good. Saturday event was pretty good. The shooting stars are pretty funny. It's always funny seeing some of the legends, you know, shoot those half-court shots and do the shooting, game, you know, shoot the shooting stuff with the WNBA players and the current NBA players and stuff. So, you know, it was it was cool. It was a good eventful night. I thought I thought Saturday was pretty fun to watch. I didn't catch, like I said, I didn't catch Friday's event, and I didn't catch um, the actual All-Star game. Just a little bit, bits and pieces of it. Mm-hmm. No doubt, no doubt. What about you, FIFO? What What was your take on the uh, on the festivities over the weekend? Man, I disagree with B, man. The, the The dunk contest has been all right. You know, it has it hasn't really been as bad as people been making it out to be. I, I felt like Nate Robinson and and Dwight Howard did something special when Nate was disagree, was tonight. disagree, disagree. <laughs> Nate Robinson, that was dope. Nate Robinson getting fifty for a dunk. No, that but year that, that wasn't that year. No, was it, that it was one, both of the years. Actually, one year he had like fifty attempts, and then it was one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, yeah, he like did have like 10. five thousand yeah, attempts. No, man, that that took away a whole bunch of lackluster. But that at was least, the least, first one. It wasn't the one against no. Dwight. The one with Dwight the, was dope. The second one, no, he was getting he was getting multiple attempts too. It was it wasn't it wasn't as clean as this one that we just watched. I mean, you know, Victor. No, 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 it wasn't as clean. Yeah. No, nah, it wasn't. Yeah. It wasn't as clean, but but it but it was still good. But um, overall, man, I thought it was a really good All Star weekend. <clears throat> I think it's really interesting to see the generations of great players in the NBA right now, where you know we're starting to see LeBron and Carmelo and Bosh and Wade as, as the older guys of the game, and you know then you have the next guys like KD and Russ, and then even the younger guys with Steph and Kyrie and you know, Clay and all of these guys. So, you know, it, 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 it's really cool to see the transition um, in basketball. Um, and then the festivities were on point, too. You know, Zach did his thing. Uh, the three-point contest was as advertised, uh, except, you know, a couple of disappointments. But it's, it's always going to be like that. It's always going to be mm-hmm. like that. But, um, um, you know, I like the tweak to the, uh, the skills challenge. That was really good. Now you're competing against somebody. Uh, the celebrity right. game was pretty funny, man. Uh, Monet Davis, she went out there. She, she put, uh, Kevin Hart in a spin cycle. That was a nice move. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> and, yeah, that was a nice move. And, and, you know, Kevin Hart just, he, he's funny, man. He, and, and did he win MVP again? Yeah, he won MVP so like, again for the fourth straight yeah, time. Yeah, he won. Yeah, for the fourth yeah. straight time. You know what I'm saying? Uh, Shoney Schimmel was out there balling, though. Man, yo, like I, I, I don't I, like I don't know a dude that can guard her. Honestly, man, I think she put anybody on skates and then jack a three in their mouth. She's mm-hmm. dope. But uh, overall, man, I just thought it was a really, really, really exciting weekend. Uh, one of the best ones. Um, just you know, even from production, how the intros of the of the All Star Game was, and you know how big and, and and yo, 
And I love the fact that they brought Nas out. That was dope. That was really dope. Yeah, that was Nas dope. Out. I mean, but Nas got to pull his pants up, though, man. I mean, Nas, you're 41 years old. Man. I pull your damn pants up, man. I feel you. <laughs> I mean, at some point in time, you got to pull your pants up. But I, but I thought that was dope. I mean, especially, and even with the intros, they were playing uh, New York State of Mind in the background. I thought that was really, really cool, you know. Uh, and it's, it's really... I thought that was dope because normally you would think that that would be something that they probably lend to to a Jay Z uh, to see Nas get that kind of shine, you know, at, at that stage. I thought it was was really 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 cool. What about you, Ken? What what were some of your thoughts on All Star Weekend? Um, it was cool. You know, uh, you know, it was good to see excitement back in the dunk contest because expectations. We're low, and to see Zach Levine go out there and do what what he did, and and of course Victor Oladipo to almost do the things that that he was attempting to do uh, was exciting. It was, it was definitely exciting for me because you know I, I didn't really expect much, and people you know he, he gave us fair warning, you know about Zach Levine. So so salute right. to him for pointing that out, and and when he got that that first dunk on the second attempt, I believe. You know, I, I was like, oh, people, people, I think he was on it with this one. And right. um, and the guy didn't disappoint, you know, from, from that point on. And um, he made you want to see what he was going to do next. And that was one of the things that, that I liked because, um, you know, and, and it, was, it was funny because he came out and he said, you know, I, I watched Space Jam and as soon as it was off, I went outside and I tried to do some of the dunks. And then I saw his dunk and it kind of, I kind of put it all together. I was like, well... <laughs> You know, if you watch a Space Jam and you're trying to do all that, then, you know, obviously as you grow older, you're going to try to definitely, you know, add, a, you know, a little bit more flavor and stuff to your dunks because, you know, you're probably a student of the game. You've seen all the dunks. And it also mm-hmm. shows something that people had alluded to, just, just how we're how the players now are bigger, faster, stronger, more athletic. They can do things that, you know, guys back in the day, they just couldn't do. You know, um, it's just the evolution of man. So I thought that that was cool. Uh, the three-point contest, of course, did not disappoint. Um, right. You know, and, and that was really, really exciting to watch. I was disappointed in Kyle Korver. I, I really expected more from him. Um, and I thought it was a little awkward that they could hear the people talking, the commentators talking. But it was it was kind of weird because, you, huh? I said I did. But hasn't that, that, really that always been, or did they just did no. they turn that on and off for the slam dunk competition? Because I know in years past the slam dunk competition, they could hear the commentators, the people in the arena could hear the commentators. But I I, I don't recall them hearing that during the three point shootout. I could be wrong. Yeah, I didn't like it against versus the three point shootout because just even though I'm not really focusing on you, I can hear you. And if you're telling me, like, I'm hot, here go a brick, like, I don't like that. I don't I don't like that. Yeah. I agree with okay. that. And you could see at, at, certain, at certain spots it would motivate the players and they kind of fed off it. But then if they missed one and they heard it, then all of a sudden it kind of threw them off a little bit. At least, you know, the little certain – at least that made – that's how it seemed to me. So I thought that that was a little awkward. Um and I didn't really, really care for it that much. But, but anyway, um, it was still exciting to watch. And um, as far I didn't see the skills competition. I didn't see the rookie game. I did. Like, I saw the highlights of Monet Davis, you know, doing Kevin Hart. I thought that was cool. Uh, a little good, uh, you know, warm moment to take from the All Star game. But overall, I'm, you know, going to the actual game itself, you know, much like B, I think I only watched like the first quarter. LeBron came out hot, 
and um, mm-hmm. and he, he was on fire. And I think if Carmelo would have played a little bit better, they probably would have oh, won that God. game. But he was he was hurt, and it, you know you could see it. You know he was like he five or seventeen. He was terrible. He was hurt. He, 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 was can't even, he hurt. shouldn't even been out there. Let, let me tell you something. Agreed, but that I, doesn't I, mean that he's not hurt. <laughs> I don't think he was, well, I, you know, to be honest, I don't know how hurt he was. I know his pride had to been hurt because he was bad. I mean, and, and, I mean, it was just really to the point where even down the stretch, I, I, I'm not really sure, and maybe there may have been a little, you know, I don't know, I don't want to use the word pressure, but I, I was trying to figure out why he was even in the game because he couldn't hit a shot. The, I mean, like, the, the the he went, I think, five for 17, but the shots he hits were, you know, they were they were dunks. I mean, like his jumpers were. He was. He. I mean, when I say he wasn't just missing, he was throwing up bricks. He really could have built like another garden inside the garden because it was just. I mean, he was that bad. Um, yeah, he's hurt. I, I, oh, if he's hurt, then don't play. Come on, man. So, they, do you do you recall they said they were going to limit his minutes to about twenty eight minutes? But he they were going to limit his play. minutes. Ken, and you know how many minutes he played? Thirty. So I have a problem. I know he played you, more than twenty-eight. Nick, and huh? He played thirty minutes. So he and so if I'm a Nick and I'm far from a Knicks fan, but how, how would a Knicks fan feel when you have your star player who is struggling to play thirty minutes on a night-to-night basis for your team, but he can go play thirty minutes for, in an All-Star game? I would be pissed. Uh, not really, because they were already talking down. about he's going to sit out the season. So yeah, it, 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 I mean, it's so, so play him the 30 minutes and then sit him down for the rest of the year. I don't think it's going to hurt them, at, impact them at all. They're not going to win anymore this year. Why well, put him out there and risk further injury? Carmelo really shouldn't even been out. Carmelo shouldn't have been out there. Mason Plumlee shouldn't have been in a dunk contest. <laughs> Those are two of my takeaways for the weekend. I don't know, man. Like, all I know is if he was healthy, uh, I think they would have won because the shots he were missing, those are not shots Carmelo typically misses, especially on a big stage like that. You know, he was, I, I there was plenty you. of okay, time so to My, my question is, if he's, if he's not making those shots and he's not 100%, why be in the game? You you can And I understand that he was the ambassador and it's, it's in his city and the whole nine. I get that. But you don't have to participate in the show to necessarily do that. If the, if the All-Star game was in Miami – and D Wade, D Wade sat out. He was there, but he sat out. He still could have been an ambassador and still not had to play to have played in the game. It, I, I just, I, you know I, it kind of rubbed me the wrong way. And I'm like, I said, I'm far I, from a Knicks. I hate the Knicks. And I agree, Kyle. You know who else sat down and did it the right way was KD. KD played a couple yep. minutes and he didn't exactly. play the rest of the game. That's Good, that's point. what I thought Carmelo should have did. And, and 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 I thought that that going in, that's what they were gonna do. You know, you can go out there, you play about five minutes, maybe ten minutes, you know what I'm saying? And then and then that's it, bro. Like 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 you're gonna have season ending surgery. But 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 let's move away from Carmelo and, and the whole New York Knicks and all of that. Let's talk about the all star game MVP and Russell Westbrook scoring forty one points, one all yes, the all star game record of Wilt Chamberlain. And then he did that in what, like twenty minutes and limited minutes? Like Russell Westbrook just 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 think about this, right? When he came back from his last injury, he played in New York. He had a triple-double in 18 minutes. All of us Mm. played sports. All of us played some organized ball. Do you know how hard you have to play to get a triple-double in 18 minutes? That means that you wasted zero energy out there. And for him to come out there and just show all, you know, with all of these stars, 
and, and really be the star of stars. And, and I think that he's finally silencing the critics, man. Like, 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 what can you say, man? I, I look, I love Russell Westbrook. You know what it is? It was, was advantageous a, was for West to, to have like forty-one points coming off the bench. Like, how crazy is that? You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, because they are the West is already loaded, but it showed how loaded they were. Because mm-hmm. you know, and I and salute to the Hawks, man. Because when they came in the game, I was like, oh, this this might get ugly. But Kyle Culver was jacking them three. Oh, no, the Hawks kept actually the kept East the East in the game. In the game. That's what was, yeah. was impressive to me. They actually kept the East in the game. But, you know, just to, to, to piggyback on FIFO's point, Russell Westbrook really, I mean, like he was in attack mode from, I mean, from the minute he got in the game. And I, I, don't, think any, I don't think he set out to score 41 points, but he was just in a zone. And, I mean, like he pulled up on a couple of three. I mean, like one three, he shot it from like Staten Island. And, I mean, it was just buckets. And I think, uh, you know, once he got the hot hand, guys kept feeding him. And, uh, you know, the East made their run when the Hawks brought their, their starting five, you know, excuse me, starting four. Uh, and then, but that was when Westbrook was sitting and Westbrook came back and brought the brought the West back and was able to kind of pull away, especially there at the end. Um, but, yeah, man, he was huge. Star among stars, man. Star among stars. I think, and I've heard people be kind of critical of the fact that there's no defense being played and it's like, did, did, do you does that bother you guys? Because I've heard people talk about it and they say, oh yeah, this is the, you know, it's like the second worst All Star game. You know, baseball All Star game is more competitive and hockey's more competitive and the NBA and, and NFL their their All Star games are terrible. Does it bother you that we don't see defense until like the last what six seven minutes of the fourth quarter? No. No, no, it don't, it don't bother me. Yeah, it don't bother me because people want they want to see flashiness. They want to see you know high 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 scoring you know offensive game. They don't want to see a team. They don't want to see an all star game score eighty seven to eighty eight. Like you know they want right. they want to they want to be high scoring type of game. I mean it's been like that for years. Now granted, maybe back in the days they maybe took it more serious, a little more serious. Oh, they did. Far, you know, but still, they were still high scoring scoring games. Even the old All Stars back in the '80s, you know, it was still, you know, scores of 130 something to 150 something. Or you know, it was still high scoring. So, you know, that don't, that don't, it doesn't bother me. They don't play really no defense. It, it, that's cool. What about you, Ken? No, you know what? It doesn't bother me, man. Uh, people want to see a show. It's the All Star game, and this, you know, yep. it's a chance for the players to kind of unwind and kind of have fun and, and not be as serious as they are, as they have to be for 82 games. You know, right. they get to go out and just and just do what they do, man, throwing it off the backboard and throwing all these alley-oops. That makes the game fun, and they get a chance to actually have fun. But what I yep. like about that is is they're having fun, but, but man, when that third, third and fourth quarter hit or light in the right. second half of that third quarter <laughs> – Right, man, and that fourth quarter come, we we are always in for a show, and the East mm-hmm. could have very well stolen that game if if Melo could have hit some of his shots. So I like that they keep they they provide they give the fans everything. They give them the high tempo scoring that they're looking for, the alley oops, the fancy plays, this that and the other. And then you know if the game is still close in the fourth quarter, they give them an exciting finish. So it, it, it's perfect. Yeah, I feel the same way. I, I don't have, I, and I, I try to listen to people when they when they kind of crap on, you know, the fact that there's not a lot of. I mean, those guys out there playing. It's not like they're not playing now. I mean, I've seen Pro Bowls where you, it, it looked like 
flag football. You know, so I'm not going to compare that. Is it like baseball? No, baseball is. I mean, but you can't you can't kind of play around with a 90 mile an hour fastball. I mean, there's nothing you could do to play around with that. I mean, you're not. You know, it's not softball or anything like that. Um, that being said, I don't have a problem with uh, how they play or the tempo in which they play. I think it's it's good for the fans. And like you said, I, th- I mean, Curry was balling. Uh, Harden was balling. LeBron was, you know, he was doing his thing. Um, you know, Westbrook was a star among stars. But, um, and, you know, and it's, it's kind of like a guard game. But, I mean, even you, you saw Tim Duncan get on the break. And, I mean, Dirk had a dunk. And it, it was, I think it was good. And it was good to see. Uh, and much like what FIFO said, I was thinking that Melo was probably going to, you know, show his face and play a couple of minutes or whatever like KD. Because KD might have played six, seven minutes. He didn't play long at all. Um, and, I mean, that's something that you can request. I mean, if he wanted out of the game, he could have asked to come out of the game or what have you. Uh, but I, I know just from watching the game and then being on Twitter and tweeting through the game, I mean, Carmelo was getting killed on Twitter because, I mean, he was he was trending because, he was just that bad, and you know I think the Knicks brass—they're going to sit down with him uh, sometime in the near future, and you know it's expected that he's going to shut it down. But all in all, man, I enjoyed the weekend. I, I thought the celebrity game was really, really cool. Uh, like I said, good seeing Monet Davis uh, do that to uh, Kevin Hart. Um, didn't really pay. I, the, the rookie sophomore game was on. I didn't really pay a lot of attention to it until like midway through the third quarter. And uh, Wiggins uh, did his thing. I thought he was he was a star. I mean, Andrew Wiggins. If you if you, I know most people don't get a chance to see him because he plays in Minnesota. But if you get a chance to watch this kid's game is is really really developing. Um, I don't know what he would have done had he been in Cleveland. It, you know, would he be better than what he is right now? But he is uh, a shoe in for the Rookie of the Year. And trust me, this is this will not be the last weekend that you ever see. Uh, Andrew Wiggins in the All-Star Weekend festivities. Um, I thought the three-point shootout was dope. That was my favorite highlight of the weekend. Uh, uh, Like you said, Zach Levine, phenomenal. Phenomenal dunk contest. Uh, A dunk performance, I should say. I I can't really call it much of a contest because it really wasn't. Because it was really just two dudes. I mean, uh, Mason Plumley. I I don't even know why he was there. (laughs) And the Greek Freak, he he tried, but he just couldn't get his dunks to go down. Um, is the dunk contest back? Uh, I, I guess you know I, if you got guys like Zach getting in there doing that thing every year, you know I think that helps. You know, but it's about you know doing dunks and and actually the dunks that he did in the slam dunk contest I've seen him do before on YouTube, but he did this one and it, and if you get a chance check it out is it's the Seattle Pro Am. It was this summer and he took off from the free throw line. And he twisted in the air and and threw it all threw it down from the free throw line. I mean, and it was like how we talked about on the video where he's dunking on his way. He was still going up when he hit when when he threw the ball down. Sick dunk. Um, but I think hopefully he he comes back next year. Maybe Ola Depot comes back next year and gets back in the dunk contest. Um, but I thought it was good. It was, it was a really good weekend. Really good showcase for the NBA. So um, I was happy. I was happy. You know, I've I've been <laughs> disappointed in previous years. Uh, phone number to call in six four six four seven eight zero three five six again six four six four seven eight zero three five six. This is the best sports talk show out here on the internet. You're listening, locked in for the next two hours to Dead End Sports. I'm your host Twelve Kyle, joined by my partners Beezy, FIFO, and Ken. Hit us up and pass the word. 
646-478-0356. Now, speaking of the dunk contest, it got me to thinking for a second. Um, obviously, there was a lot of chatter going back and forth, especially on social media, about uh, Zach Levine's dunks. Um, and then people started talking about maybe where he, where this particular or his dunks, because keep in mind, he blew away the competition, you know, getting scoring 50s on his first three dunks. Um, and they started talking about where his, where he ranked as far as the dunk contest. So it got me to thinking. Got me to thinking about how would we, how would I rank my top five slam dunk contest winners of all time? So. I want to throw that out to you guys. Um, I'll start first with you, Ken. Rank your top five, and you you can put them in order. You don't have to put them in order if you don't have time. Um, your top five slam dunk contest winners of all time. Um, hmm. All right, so uh, Vince Carter. Okay. Um, uh, Jordan, without a doubt, that that goes without saying. Let's see. Uh, I like Jason Richardson. Yep. One he was in. Um, two more, two more, two more. Uh, Isaiah Rodder, man, I remember. I remember uh, uh, his dunk. Yep. Um, so that was a good one, and. What is number five? Damn, what is number five? Uh, we'll come back to you, kid. We only got two hours. <laughs> C4, what about you, man? Your top five slam dunk uh, contestants of all time. I think uh, number one is Vince Carter. Uh, number two is MJ. Number three, I'm gonna put Zach Levine. Uh, number four, Whoa, you got Neek. Zach already up at number okay? Yeah, man. Uh, number four, I got Neek. Uh, number five, I got Spud. Okay, Spud. All right, okay, okay. What about you, B? Um, Vince Carter, um, Jordan, Dominique Wilkins, um, Jason Richardson. And uh, yeah, I say Spud Webb. Spud Webb, that's a good one. Spud Because I mean, didn't nobody see that coming. And for him to be as short as he was going up, you know, the competition he was going up against. Yeah, I thought it was crazy. I thought it was crazy. Five six, yamming like that. Right, right, right. Yeah. Oh man, you you guys, you, did you did you find a, a fifth one, kid? Did Sean Kemp ever win a dunk contest? Nope, he never uh, did. He, he, he choked. He choked. No, he never did. He, never he didn't did. win one? I know. He never won Oh, one. man. You I, would, I, I thought know, he right? did. That's surprising, right? <laughs> no, he lost to Z-Brown. Hey, but he had some sick dunks, though. Oh, I know. That's God. why I really want to put him in, put him up there, man. But but he didn't win. You know what? I don't won. care, man. Give me, give me. Uh, I can't even do it. Um... Nah, man, I don't, I don't, I don't have a, a field. You, you can throw in Spud Webb. I'll, I'll be okay with that. Okay. Um, and much like you guys, well, I'm, I'm a little different, <laughs> as we all know. Uh, I'm gonna go. 
I have I had Spud at five, and and Spud got to my number five just on the strength of that dunk contest. Like I think one thing people don't really remember was that Spud didn't even like his teammates had never even seen him dunk, so nobody knew that he could dunk. So he just really, really kind of like not only blew away the competition, but I remember Dominique saying like, like yo, he never dunked in practice, so he, you know he knew he could get up, but he didn't know he could dunk. So that was major. So I got Spud at, at at five. I got Jason Richardson at four. Jason Richardson, I mean, he had a and he was a two-time winner, if I'm not mistaken. Um, he had some of the sickest dunks the, in between the legs. I mean. It, the off the backboard joint, um, crazy, crazy. Uh, number three, I got Dominique. Uh, 88, Dominique was robbed. <laughs> he was robbed by Jordan. But uh, Dominique Wilkins, man, I mean, slam dunk contest. I, I I still have yet to see someone dunk with such power and then still have so, so much finesse in the air. Um, number two, man, it's going to come as a surprise, you guys. But number two, I got Vince. And then I got Jordan at number one. Um, I give Jordan a slight edge, man, because he won two contests. Well, I he won one, and they gave him the other one in '88. But um, Jordan's dunks, I think, really just really, I think because it set the bar so high, and that you know it really is almost kind of been the gift and the curse because our level our level of expectation now for um. For slam dunks are through the roof. You know, we expect guys to take off from the free throw line. We expect guys to do these crazy, unreal type things. And, you know, it's because of Jordan. And, and I remember someone asked Jordan after he won his the last slam dunk competition in 88, you know, was he going to get back in? And he said, well, you know, he said, what y'all expect me to do? He said, y'all expect me to jump from the three-point line? He's like, you know, I, I, he's like, I can't do anything else that, that you know, that, that you want me to do. So that was kind of like his reasoning for not getting back in it, because I think that was that was his second title, and they wanted him to go back again. And by that time, Dominique, and I always thought that that was still great because and we talked about it before the fact that a star of his level, you know, wanted to participate, and a star of Dominique's level wanted to participate. Where now you have guys, no, and no disrespect to Zach Levine, but. I mean, prior to Saturday night, a lot of people probably never heard of him before. We have because we follow basketball. But, um, but yeah, those those are my five, man. Spud, Jason Richardson, Dominique, Vince Carter, and Michael Jordan. So if you got some, uh, hit us up, 646-478-0356. Again, 646-478-0356. Um, another thing that kind of happened during the All-Star weekend was uh, – uh, some, I don't want to, I hate to use the word beef, but uh, some some little back and forth between Kevin Durant and the media. Uh, Kevin Durant was asked, uh, you know, of course he had to, they have a mandatory media day on Friday uh, of the All-Star game, uh, All-Star week, excuse me. And um, uh, someone in the media asked Kevin Durant about um, his coach, Scott Brooks, and whether or not he should keep his job if they don't make the playoffs or something like that. So Kevin Durant kind of went off on the guy. He said, and I'll read you a quote. He said, you guys really don't know shit. To be honest, I'm only here because I have to. So I really don't care. Y'all are not my friends. You're going to write what you want to write. You're going to give us love one day and hate us the next. That's a part of it. So I just learned to deal with y'all. End quote. 
Ken, what's your take on uh, Kevin Durant and his beef with the media, man? Well, you know, it's it's a lot easier when they love you, right? And <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> for for years, Kevin Durant was was that boy. He was that not boy, but he was he was that golden child, man. That that the media loved, you know. And and LeBron was most hated. LeBron received all the flack, and the tide has, has kind of shifted and turned on Kevin Durant. And you know, it's been a bit of an adjustment period for him to. Uh, to be able to take such scrutiny and criticism on a continuous basis. You know, the media, the media are trolls, and, and and they do, you know, they, for one, they have a job to do, but they're always looking for a story. And, and you know, I look, if, if I like my coach, and I, I don't want to be able, I don't want to have to sit there and have to answer questions like that. You know that, that's kind of borderline disrespectful, but at the end of the day, you know they they themselves have a job to do, and they're just you know trying to do it. And my job is to sit there and try to answer the questions, you know, as as honestly as possible without fueling the the fire. And that's the problem that Kevin Durant. Uh, that's the thing that Kevin Durant has to learn. Like if he was to sit up there and give the same cliche, boring. Uh, answers, then you know they wouldn't have much to talk about. But Kevin Durant flips out and and gives them stuff to talk about, and that's kind of the problem. So you know him flipping out like that only fuels the fire. So what's going to what what will end up happening from here is that they're going to continue to to you know hammer him with all of these ridiculous tough questions. You know some of the questions that won't even make sense just to get a reaction from him. You know, mm-hmm. and so he he, he probably needs to, to kind of check himself a little bit and realize that he's actually a catalyst for for all of this. And um, and just adjust to where he's at right now in his professional career um, and, and quit giving them, you know, this ammunition. Because that's, right. that's all they're looking for, and people are running with it. He does it on Twitter. He's, he's doing it in, on the media. And um, I don't know, man, I, I appreciate the honesty. But there's a, there's a way to go about doing it. You can do it uh, with class, you know. And I think Kobe has done it. Uh, in, you know, Kobe is a good example. LeBron is a good example. Dwayne Wade is a good example. All these guys have been gr- are great examples of how to handle the media and how to handle some of the silly questions you get. You don't always have to be flipping and just go off on the guys. And that's what he's doing. So if he wants if he wants it to stop, you know, he he just needs to to um, measure what he says a little bit better. No doubt, no doubt. What about you, B? Uh, what's your take on Kevin Durant and his uh, quote-unquote beef with the media? I think Kevin Durant got some Marshawn Lynch in him, man. He just trying to, he's trying to get there so he won't get fired. I think it probably kind of comes from either frustration, frustration from this season so far because, you know, First, he, you know, him being injured, missing a few, you know, missing about, what, a month and a half, almost two months of the regular season. Right. You know, coming back, they now they're playing catch-up, you know. And, and I just think, I think he's just frustrated. I think this is just one of those frustrating seasons. And I kind of think he's a little bit fed up with the media, a little bit, because we, we've been kind of gradually seeing this going within the last year, I guess you want to say. You know what I'm saying? You've been kind of seeing him getting a little bit more of an attitude, and less of a nice guy, per se. So, it's just, 
I kind of seen this build-up. Now, him saying what he said was like, whoa, dang, that's how you feel, Kevin? You know, it was right, a little right, bit right. of a surprise. It was a little bit of a surprise, but at the same time, it was kind of like, you know, we should have kind of saw this coming a little bit because he had his, he had some moments where he kind of was like, okay, whatever, whatever, you know, and, and have his honest answer, you know, and not the cliche answer that Ken is talking about. So, you know, it, it, it was interesting, but I was thinking, like, boy, Marshall Lynch just started a damn training. <laughs> so, you know, but, you know, it, you know, yeah, he could have probably handled it with a little bit more class because, I mean, at least Lynch wasn't, like, classless with it, you know. I mean, for Kevin right. Durant to go ahead and say what he said was like, damn, real? Like, that's really how you yeah, he feel? went in. But, you know, yeah, he went in, but at least Marshall Lynch was just kind of like, okay, obvious, like, yeah, I'm just here. I won't get fined. I'm just here where I won't get fined. Like you know, he he wasn't like just just being sort of like a Barry Bonds type towards the media, like how Kevin Durant is being right now. So you know, mm-hmm. but it's just, it's still funny. I still think it's funny when I you know see it and hear about it because he's kind of right. I mean, yeah, they're right. Whatever they want to say, you act like they love you one moment. The media will build you up and they'll tear you down in a minute. I mean, we've seen that happen plenty of times. So you know, I can kind of understand that frustration right there. And then plus, like I said, he's having a frustrating season right now and this NBA season is not going the way that I'm pretty sure he anticipated to go. He He's probably thinking like, you know, championship or bust or, you know, I want to be one of the top teams in the West right now. So, you know, it's, it's tough. It's, it's pretty tough for him, but, you know, I thought it was still kind of funny, just me personally, but, you know, he's just frustrated. No doubt, no doubt. What about you, FIFO? Uh, your take on KD versus the media, man? Uh, I agree with being in, in it in the sense that uh, KD is definitely frustrated. You know, you go from being the MVP to being ninth place in the West right now. So, you know, that, that's definitely a frustrating season. He's had a lot of nagging injuries. But, you know, the thing is, is that, you know, at the end of the day, the media is just doing what they're supposed to do. When you don't play right. good, they let you know. When you play good, they let you know. Um, it's going to be frustrating, you know, especially when it's not going the way you want it to go. But, um, but you know, it, it it's an opportunity, and I think that he's taking it to, to, to really rally his team and be like, look, you know what I'm saying, it's us versus them. You know, uh, Westbrook is always seen to be the second dog in that kennel, uh, and Westbrook leads that pack. So now, you know, he's doing it through the media or whatever to kind of rally the guys and be like, look, you know, it's us versus them. They don't like us today. They say that we're out of it you know, whatever, right. whatever, now let's, you know, prove the whole world wrong. You know, we're not even in the playoff hunt right now. But, you know, believe in me because I'm KD and I was the MVP and I'm about to knock down some threes so we can get to the to the playoffs and try to make it in 2015. You know, I'm getting my Snoop Dogg on, but, you know, it all makes sense. Oh, no doubt, no doubt. I, I, I agree with, with what everybody said. I think um, for the first time, you know, he's – and, and – and, by and large, he's been, you know, really, really uh, loved by the media. Uh, you know, you really don't. I, I, I'm not really used to seeing any bad. And you know, when I, when I, the first time I heard Kevin Durant catch flack uh, was when he left Team USA this summer, right after uh, Paul George got injured. Um, and you know, of course, he had a sneaker deal that was on the table. And I mean, I. I you can't blame a guy for wanting not to be a part of something like that, especially when you see one of your boys go down. You know, Paul George, who uh, I think is there, that they're, they're saying he should be back uh, to play ball probably by the end of this month, uh, no later than the beginning of next month, um, for the Indiana Pacers. So shout out to him for making it back uh, way ahead of schedule. Um, 
but to see that kind of gruesome injury and then to, you know, say, okay, well, hey, I'm done. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not going to play in the exhibition game. Uh, I thought that was, um, you know, that was, and he, he caught a lot of flack for that. And, um, you know, I, and I don't know that he necessarily deserved it, but I think that was the first time I saw where he caught some backlash from reporters. Um, this right here, in the context in which it was, you know, they were asking, and I think what they're looking for is, you know, they're, they're looking to get Scott Brooks up out of there. And, you know, of course they're going to ask the superstars, you know, what do you think? And, you know, I mean, even if he doesn't like Scott Brooks, he can't say he doesn't like Scott Brooks. He's got to be PC about it. So I think that was, uh, you know, so he was kind of in a tough spot. I think, but at the end of the day, you can't let your emotions get the best of you to the point where, because they have the pen. And the person with the pen ultimately has the final say. Now, through social media, these guys, that's one of the beauty beauties of social media. You know, you can say what they want to say. So um, you can refute someone's story uh, on, you know, through Twitter and, and Facebook and stuff like that. So, um, but I'm not used to seeing KD like that. I'm not used to seeing him like that at all. Hopefully they can get past it. But I, I would be, I think, <laughs> I think Marshawn Lynch might have started a, a, a little trend here. So hopefully we'll, we'll see how it plays out, especially as they go forward, because he's going to have to do more media things. Um, and, you know, they right now they're sitting at the ninth seed, you know, on the outside looking in. And if they get in into the playoffs, you know, you got to wonder how far they can move up, you know, to where they'll be in a situation where possibly they can get a first-round win. Uh, the phone number to call in, 646-478-0356. Again, 6 Four six four seven eight zero three five six. This is the place where sports opinions collide. Dead end sports. Let's jump to the phone lines. Let's go to area code seven seven four seven seven four. You're on with Dead End Sports. What's your name? Where you calling from? What up? What up, guys? It's RLS on Twitter. Ryan, what's going on, what's man? Doing? What's up, Cam? What's up, Kyle? What's up, Beezy? What's up, FIFO? What's up, guys? What's going Joe, on, man? What's good? Surviving the snow. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. Yeah, I, I told you it was six to twelve earlier. It actually turned out to be like almost two feet. Jeez. Wow! Wow! That's, yeah. I can't even imagine, man. I can't even imagine two feet of snow on top of another <laughs> forty inches of snow on the ground. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. What you got for yeah. tonight, man? Um, All Star. I, I love the the three point contest. Curry. Okay. I picked them. Corvid. I, I thought he'd do a little better, but the get, it was all around a great, great contest. Um, but the dunk contest, that that surprised me, definitely. Um, I had no idea Levine had that much uh, prowess in him. It was so crazy, though. Like, on Twitter, there were people comparing him to Vince Carter already, saying, like, some people got really hyped up saying they were even better. It was better than Carter. That was That was crazy. Yeah, I, I couldn't put him ahead of Vince. And, um, no, not I at just, all. I, I just saw a, a tweet from a man, Swish, and, and I'll throw this one out to you, Ken. This might be your number five right here. Uh, somebody we forgot, uh, Blake Griffin. Yeah, so, I, I, mean, I, thought about, I, I thought about that one, too. I totally um, forgot about Blake. That, that was kind of cool. I mean, it, it was still prop. I think it was in that prop era where where people were – we're kind of trying to do the gimmicks and stuff like that, which, you know, mm-hmm. didn't that, you know, that that kind of thing don't really appeal to me. But um, but nah, man, I, I think you bugging to put put Zach Zach over Vince Carter, man. Um, and, and everybody else on Twitter 
that's that's putting Zach Zach over Vince Carter. Y'all y'all crazy. Y'all need to crazy. Well, I, there's no way again. I could put him over Vince Carter. Like I, I saw it, I I literally went to go rewatch the the whole con the contest to relive it again. I was like, no way, there's no way. This he was on. Yeah, that's the thing. Like people, the people don't remember that. I mean, we all knew Vince the state, dunk, like the but stadium, not like, like that. The stadium was crazy. Like they showed you confusion for like five minutes straight. Like you had judges hopping out over the desks to like shake his hand. I think you know nuts. one of the things that that really impressed me, like and Vince Carter, like that that one dunk where he did, where he stuck his elbow in the rim, and elbow that, all the way in. Like I, I had to when we when you saw it live, you didn't really. You was like, okay, what is it? What is it? You just saw him dunk it, and then he got down, and it was like. But when you saw the replay, that's when you kind of like just lost your mind. Like, oh, I can't believe he did that. So yeah, yeah, I, yeah Vince. You you can't go wrong with Vince at one or two. I had him at two, but I mean you could easily make a case for him. I mean most, everybody else picked him at one, so I understand. Yeah, that that was crazy. Um, KD, I, I I agree with BZ. Marshawn Lynch has started a new impact in sports <laughs> media relations. Like you had Russell Westbrook doing it when they after he did like his second or third triple double. I can't remember what it was, but I I was stayed up late to watch the game. He did the same thing. He just kept repeating the same word over and over. Mm-hmm. And then LeBron mm-hmm. did it like a, uh, not too long ago, saying I, I don't want to get fined. It's it's gonna keep happening, but uh, I think he's definitely frustrated. I because it's been how many years since the last time they went to the finals? I going on three now. Yeah, and that was back when they had James Harden, so it's it's mm-hmm. definitely definitely coming down on him. Just like you know, is he gonna get it or is he gonna have to leave a team to go get a championship? So plus the injury, then, Russell there's, getting there's injury. There's a lot of talk about that too. There's a lot of talk about you know when he yep. becomes a free agent. And I know he doesn't want to get into that talk already, but yeah. there's a lot of talk about him possibly leaving OKC and a lot of talk yep. about him possibly coming home to. To play for the Washington. Wizards, he's from the DC yeah. area, so um, man, it's crazy. Yeah, I, I, honestly, it'd be weird. I mean, I, I never even thought of it to to be honest. I mean, I always thought of you know KD, OKC, and then right to come home to Washington. It's like that's that's just weird. Yeah, same here, same here. It's crazy. I mean, and we got time before we know whether or not that's gonna happen. But still, it, there's a lot of stuff going on with, with Kevin Durant. I think for him to kind of snap at the media like that. I think there's a lot going on. So we'll we'll see how it plays out, man. Hey, as always, man, thanks for calling in, Ryan, man. We definitely appreciate it, brother. No problem. Thank you, guys. All right, man. All right, appreciate you. It's you, man. Phone number, Ryan, called 646-478-0356. Let's jump back to the phone lines. Let's go to 843. Oh, we got my dad on line. Dad, what's up, man? Uh, nothing much, son. I'm just listening to your show and enjoying it. And I must be one of the odd people in America because I missed the majority of All-Star Weekend except the game. I saw little bits and snips on YouTube and stuff like that. I love that little spin move that Monet put on my boy Kevin Hart. But it kind of tickled me because, I'll tell you the truth, at my best day, I couldn't have done that. That particular move that's quickly she did it, that girl bad. She can play. And I see... You're right, she can. That girl's an athlete. And uh, I enjoyed the game pretty much. I would like to see a little bit more defense. I got a chance. I never heard of, You're right. I never heard of Zach Levine until uh, that dunk contest. Uh, 
I can't remember some of those dunk contests that you guys were talking about. I remember uh, Spike, the little short guy. Was it? What's the name? Spud the Webb. Guy? Spud, 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 Spud. Okay, Spud Webb. I remember him. I remember Vince a little bit. Definitely remember Dominique. I love Dominique and Kyle. You were right. MJ stole it from. Now the other thing I want to comment on is KD. Mm-hmm. He's one of my favorite athletes. Uh, the media kind of gave him a hard away. It was undeserved. He's always been a gentleman. He's always been a professional. He's all, never left anything on the court. And I can assume, you know, I can imagine to some, sometimes at some point in time somebody gets fed up because, quite frankly, the media sometimes is full of crap. You know, they one day ride with the hunters and one the next day ride with the hounds. And if they were to be honest and objective all the time, and if they were to be honest and objective and, you know, let the guy know up front what they're about or what they're trying to do or whatever and be consistent, then I could, I, I could assume that the athletes would be handling them a whole lot better. Now, before right. I get off of here and out of here, I want to shout out a happy birthday to my favorite, my second, well, one of my top five favorite all-time football players. Your uncle's going to be my all-time favorite. But uh, he has a birthday today, Mr. Jim Brown. Yep, 79 and years old, Jim Brown. And, you know, Jimmy at 79 looks like he can get out and run a few plays still. I mean, you know, he'd like he'd still make a few carries and gain a few yards. Mm-hmm. But uh, the one thing I, I was thinking about Jim today, I remember him because he, he, he was at his best when I was my teens. And what I remember about him is the fact that he was mad. And one of the things I remember him doing or saying was, in an interview he had years ago, I can't remember who it was. I think it might have been with Playboy. He said, if somebody hits him, he's going to hit him back twice as hard. So they'll think the second time about hitting him again. And I, I, I like that. The other thing I like, when he first, he was talking about how when he was uh, in, in, in his heyday, how some of the, if you will, some of the white players was time to, time to clown and BS and jive. They would seek out the black players. But when it's time to talk about investments and stocks and bonds and things of that nature, they seek out the white players. So he got to a point to where he, when the black players came to the league, he would tell them, the guys that came on the Browns, he'd tell them, look, you don't be clowning and skinning and grinning. I'm paraphrasing uh, with with with, the, with these white boys, if they can't talk to you about serious stuff, about investment stuff like that, you don't need to fool with them like that. And he say they ain't doing you no favor because you ain't here because of accent. You here because you're good and because you're gifted, because you deserve to be here. So they ain't doing you no favor. And the other thing I really loved about Jim Brown. He left on his terms when he wanted to. Right. Because if he, if if Jim Brown had hung around for another couple of years and if they had played 16 games, 
Emmett, none of them would come close to his record. Jim was just that bad. So I want to do a special shout-out to my boy Jim Brown. Even though I wasn't a Browns fan, and God knows, he he hurt my Giants more than once. And and, uh, if you don't believe it, ask Sam Huff. (laughs) Sam probably got a few cleat marks still in his chest. You remember that boy from Manning? Uh, when he ran over you, Kyle, that that big back that they had, that oh, kind that, of reminds me of Jim Brown and Sam Huff. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's a story for another day. <laughs> <laughs> hey, on that note, we gotta let you go, Dad. All right, <laughs> we'll talk to you next week. Man. All right, love you All too. Number four is underrated to me, but I think Dwight Howard's off the glass where he like 
tatted it with his left hand, and then he dunked it with his right. I think that's an underrated dunk. That's one of my favorites. And number was that five, uh, Nate, a sticker, or was that another dunk? No, nah, he was a sticker. He... Yeah, he had like a like a crazy vertical on one of them. It was one where he went up, right? But he had the ball in his left hand. I'm sorry, he had the ball in his right hand. Then he like tapped the ball off glass with his left hand back to his right hand and dunked it. Like it was just crazy. And then number five was when Nate Robinson jumped over him, which mm-hmm. I think is an underrated dunk because. For Nate Robinson to jump over Dwight Howard, I thought that was just the most crazy when I, when I was growing up. I was just like, man, this is one of the most wild dunks I've seen. And my honorable mention was Spell Webb, but to me, Nate Robinson jumping over Dwight Howard was just ridiculous. But, um, yeah, I had, a, I had a question. This is like just off the topic because we were in this. Go ahead, go ahead. It's a slow, you know, it's a slow, uh, slow news week for sports because All Star Week and whatnot. I, and I, I got to thinking. Um, what's the more embarrassing end to an era? Thinking about how they how these teams were very similar, you know, everyone thought they were gonna run the game for like ten years straight or whatever, and then they met their match in the finals and got destroyed. Uh the twenty fourteen Heat or the two thousand four Lakers. Both of those teams met in the finals against a team that played team ball. And they got utterly decimated in every asset of the game. Like Ben Wallace dominated Shaq, Kawhi Leonard dominated LeBron James. Like it was just, it was just embarrassing to see that into the, both those eras. And I got to thinking, I was just like, you know, I don't even know which which one is more embarrassing because you got Kobe and Shaq, and that seems to me like, in the way that Detroit was playing that year, everyone thought that LA was just going to repeat. You know, but then Detroit came out of nowhere, man. They had, I think they signed Rasheed Wallace in the, like, yeah. the middle of the trade. season. It was a trade. Yeah, yeah the middle of the season. I think, yeah. I think that was, uh, man, that was Joe's, like, best trade he ever made in his career. So, I mean, yeah. I want to know, like, what do you think? First of all, Beasy, because I know that's one close to his heart where he beat the Lakers. That's always a good feat. Right. Oh, yeah. I mean, because no one gave us a chance. Like, nobody did. <laughs> nobody. Like, like no, I, I got to go with that one. I mean, because nobody. And, I mean, look what happened. They broke up the Shaq and Kobe era. They ended the Shaq and Kobe era. But, yeah, nobody saw that coming. I mean, when Lakers And if I'm not final, mistaken, not to cut you off, B, if I'm not mistaken, hmm. the Lakers won the first game and then the Pistons won the next four, right? Well, no, no, no. Pistons won the first game. Lakers won game two off of a last-second Kobe shot. And then okay. Pistons won three straight. Okay, three gotcha. straight okay. at home. Yep. No, I'm just saying, like, just no, nobody, gave us, nobody gave us a chance. Like, nobody whatsoever. So, yeah, I got to go with that one. I mean, yeah, of course, because that, that hits home. So, but I'm going to definitely go with that one. What about you, FIFO? Uh, what's your take on it? Which one was more embarrassing, the the – the Heat getting knocked out like that, or, or the, uh, the the Lakers that broke up that Shaq and Kobe era. Yeah, I I think both of them uh, were pretty, you know, embarrassing. But I'm gonna have to go with uh, the Heat because they did it in record fashion. Um, you know, I, didn't they lose every game by like twenty, almost twenty something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah they, they, got, they were they got got by a record margin. It's a record margin, yeah, you right? Yeah, that's that's bad. So um, that that's the one I'm gonna have to go with. Just I don't know, man. Way. People people gave San Antonio a shot. People did not give Pistons a shot at all. Like people was like, I remember oh, that. Yeah, 
<laughs> I mean, I mean, I, people, I mean, people. At least people would like, you know. I think Spurs can get it. I think Spurs can take him. I think Spurs can do it. Can they help? You know, Ginobili's healthy now. Whatever, whatever. But Pist, but the Pistons, they did not give us a shot, dude. Like every, hell, even I did. Even I was like, man, I don't know. We gonna beat LA? Like I was like, I was nervous. I was even nervous. Mm-hmm. I mean, didn't nobody give us a shot? Nobody. I, I mean, that's. I mean, that's hands down. I think that's a, that's not even a, a, a question. No, you know, when you, when you think about it, BZ, when you think about it, there have only been two players in my estimation that have completely dismantled Shaq. And that's Akeem Olajuwon and that's Ben Wallace. Like, yeah. when you, when you, when, when he went to the finals, everyone thought, oh, Ben Wallace is going to push around, you know, a tumble, you know, back in 2001. Mm-hmm. Then he pushed around wow. Weber in the West Thomas finals. You know, it was, it was very, you know, oh, no one could stop Shaq. But when oh, man. Ben Wallace is country strong, man. Ben Wallace man, ben is Wallace, Wallace quitted Owen Jack yeah. in that final. Ben Wallace is country strong, man. That's why. He is the epitome of country strong. <laughs> like, no yeah. Question. I mean, now Shaq, Shaq was still bodying him out, like, because Shaq is just bigger, naturally bigger. But, oh, yeah. Ben was making him work, man. Ben was making Shaq work. He was making Shaq work. Ken? Hello? Oh, no doubt. Somebody? No doubt. Um. What about you? Uh, what about you, Ken? Yeah, I'm gonna go with um, I'm gonna go with the Lakers, man. Uh, that that series, I, I didn't think Detroit had a shot <laughs> at, at all. Like you, you knew the uh, like you you knew San Antonio. They they've done it so many times, man. It was just a matter exactly. of time, you know. And they almost had it the year before, you know. So um, so yeah, and and everybody had talked about how the Heat wasn't as good as they were. The previous three years, so they were they were vulnerable. Um, but nah, that that Lakers that Lakers squad, Kobe, Shaq. I mean, they they had a they had a squad, man, and you, nobody saw that coming. All yeah, I know oh, is, is oh, I was glad it did, because <laughs> I, I yeah I didn't care for the Lakers back then. Hey yo, man! Real, yeah. Just one one more quick question, just real quick, because you know I know FIFA will be watching you know college and all that. And you know, no, you being, don't. man, he, man, he watches the players <laughs> at least to a point, to a point, and busy do. So I want to ask both of y'all, um, as you know, one of the people who's in charge of you know the Sixers tanking, uh, you know, uh, duties and whatnot. I want to ask y'all, what do you think Jaleel Okafor's ceiling in the league could be? Like, do you see this kid being in the future, or do you see him, you know, just like a feel of what y'all, you know, got? Uh, Okafor. Okafor from Duke. Oh, yeah. Okafor from Duke. Um, he a freshman, right? Any a freshman? Yeah, he's yeah, a freshman. freshman. Uh, body wise, I, I think if he meeting up a little bit, he'd be good, man. I think he, I think he could be he could be a starting power forward in the league at, at some point. I mean, I ain't saying right out the gate, right out the gun, just oh man, let, let, stick let, him let's in be there. Honest, Look, 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 look. If you're a number one pick or you're considered number one or in the top five, you're playing year one. And, oh, and, and, and let's be honest. But, but is he going to pan out though? It's been a lot. Of, it's been a lot of numbers, you know, round, first rounders, top he, five picks that was just like, okay, he didn't really pan out there. Yeah. Oh, of course, of course. But I, I, I think Okafor is one of those guys that's just sure fire because he has things that you can't teach. He has vision. He has ball handling for a big man. He has moves. Um, he has soft touch. Those are certain things that just our natural ability. He has that and he's physical. And he's only 18, 19, and he's already that big. Uh, he, he's surefire. You can't miss. There's a couple guys like that. Like, 
uh, yeah. sometimes as well. And you know, like you, how, know you, you know, you know how Duke miss. players are, man. You know how Duke players be. Sometimes they they be great in college, and then they don't really pan that well out in the NBA. Just waiting. You know? Yeah, so you know yeah, you got to be scared of do players sometimes. <laughs> no, no, of course that, that's true. But but the thing is, name name the elite athletic or basketball talents that that Duke has had that didn't pan out. Like all of those other guys outside of maybe Christian Leitner, though all of the elite guys panned out. Everybody else was what they were. Like Mike Dunleavy is a specialist in the league. Shane Battier was a specialist in the league. Maggetti was a 20-point scorer for for a while. Boozer was too. You know what I'm saying? But no, nah, no. Nah, I, 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 Okafor is the real deal. You 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 can watch it. Like, come on. Like, it, it doesn't take a genius. So, the, the, so you think he's gonna, you think he's gonna have like? So he's a runaway first pick so you, of the draft. Like, there's no one else that you would do if you were starting the team. Um, I think out of this draft, I think that he separated himself. Um, from the from the people I watch, I think Carl. Carl Towns it's is still early, right man. I, I gotta wait for the tournament. It, it man. is so early. early. I gotta wait for the tournament. Right a lot of stuff changes. I agree, B. But 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 this ain't the tournament right now. We talking today. Right. And I don't know. I don't think he. You making it seem like he's gonna have like an Anthony Davis impact when he gets the league. I, I don't know. I don't see it right now. I don't see it right now. But we'll well, see. well, I disagree with you. I think he's gonna have an impact day one. I'm keeping my eye on know. him and uh, point guard from Ohio State. But yeah, I think that's, yeah. that's my time. I'm running over. But yep, that's that's my spill for this week, man. Hey, man, thank as always, you. Q, man, we thank you for calling in, bro. We definitely appreciate it. All right, peace, peace. peace. Phone number Q call six four six four seven eight zero three five six. Again, six four six four seven eight zero three five six. This is the place where sports opinions collide. I'm your host, Twelve Kyle. This is Dead End Sports, joined by my partners Ken, Beast, FIFO. Hit us up six four six. Four seven eight zero three five six. Program a note. Make sure that as soon as you finish listening to us tonight, that you head on over to our YouTube channel, youtube.com backslash Dead End Sports. We've got a new video up where we're talking about All Star Weekend. Uh, Seventeen minutes of fun and laughter and arguing and yelling. <laughs> so make sure that you check us out, watch, share, and, uh, and tell a friend. Pass the word. Dead End Sports on YouTube. Make sure that you subscribe to the channel as well. Again, the phone number to call in, 646-478-0356. Now I want to turn it uh, a little bit to uh, baseball, and more importantly, Little League Baseball. Uh, Last Wednesday, uh, we got word that the Little League team from Chicago, Jackie Robinson West, uh, the team that was – that. You know, ran the tables and took their talents all the way to the to the Little League World Series, representing the United States in the Little League World Series. And ultimately, lost in the championship game, but um, they were crowned USA champions. Uh, they were stripped last Wednesday of their title. Uh, they were stripped because uh, it, they found out that some players uh, lived outside of the geographical area that they were supposed to be living in in Chicago. Now. Come to find out that the <laughs> this came to light because a coach who played against that team, that, that particular team from uh, Jackie Robinson West, um, kind of blew the whistle, snitched a little bit, if you will. Uh, his team was beaten, I think, forty-five to three or something like that, 
and uh, he decided to turn them in, saying that you know this player wasn't from that area. Now it's, it's different for me. It's different if I, you guys know I coach little league football. Um, it was different because you know if you want to have a kid you know from Southwest Atlanta play at, at your park in Marietta, that's fine. It doesn't matter uh, if you you know if they're willing to drive that far. There's no, there's no boundaries. But apparently little league baseball they have certain geographical boundaries. Um, so obviously. This was unbeknownst to the kids. The kids had no idea that, you know, all they know is that they had a team that they put together, all-star team, and this team kicked everybody's tail on their way, including Monet Davis's team from Philly, on their way to the USA title and the world and the championship game in the Little League World Series. Um, that being said, man, uh, I'll start with you first, FIFO, since you're from Chicago, man. What what was your thoughts on, on them being stripped? I mean, these are innocent kids. Uh, and if you you know if you got to blame anybody you know I, what, what's your take on that man? You know um, when I first heard it you know I I thought you know it was unfortunate obviously the first all black little league team to, to to actually win it you know obviously that's historical and significant um, so it's un I don't want to say it's unfair because obviously the adults that are running that organization did something that they weren't supposed to do now how shady or great is that we don't know because obviously the the little league uh organization did an investigation twice and they couldn't find anything wrong but this guy that got his behind whooped 45 to 3 was the one that actually found all of this so who's to say that any of these other teams haven't you know um broken some type of rules to get the teams that they've got and who's actually going to investigate it to that extent because the organization itself found nothing wrong twice with the Chicago team, you know? So um, who, who's who, who's, who's going to investigate all of the other teams to make it fair? Um, because what if, what, what if like three or four other teams did something like this? Right. You know, so um, I, you know, I think it's unfortunate. You know, the kids played well, obviously, and they dominated a lot of teams. Um, I think to blame has to be these coaches and, 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 and whoever knew. But at the same time, you know, like with like like you said, you know, here in Atlanta, there aren't any real rules like that. So we, we, we don't know if those rules are obviously etched in stone, but do they enforce them like that? You know, because again, the organization itself did two investigations and didn't find anything, but it was this guy that kept pressing on that actually, you know, got all of the information and, you know, exposed this team. So I don't think that, you know, I think he was going over the top with it, you know, accept your your, your defeat and move on. Go get you some players from, from out of the zone. You know, right, and, right. And, and, and maybe you'd be able to compete. But, um, but you know, I, I just feel bad for the kids, man, because they're the ones that play. They're the ones that earned it. And for it to be taken away, it is what it is. But at least they have memories that will never be able to, that nobody will be able to take away from them, you know. And, and they went out there and they played and they balled and they, and they beat all the teams. So, you know, they, they'll always be able to hold on to that. No doubt, no doubt. What about you, V? What's your take on it? Uh, Yeah, uh, you know, just like people said, it's an experience that they can never take away. They, you know, you can take, you can, you can punish the. I think you should punish the adults more so than anything to punish the kids because they just went out there and did what they were supposed to do, and that was supposed to play some bas- play some baseball and win games. So, mm-hmm. you know, I, I hate to see that. You know, 
that being taken away from them. But like I said, you can't, like people say, you can't take away that experience. Like I think that's right. going to be experience that they're going to never forget. That's going to always be with them. And like, hey, we went out there, we played baseball the right way, and we and we won. I mean, granted, if some kids wasn't in the right, living in the right district or not, you know, that's to be said. But you know, I just hate to see the kids suffer from this. And you know, I just hope they just look back and just be like, you know what, that was that was great. We did that, regardless of what what was the outcome. Mm-hmm. What about you, Ken? What, what's your uh, what's your take on Jackie Robinson West? That's a lot of hate, man. That's a <laughs> lot of hate. Like, how bitter do you have to be to continue to press onward in in, in an investigation against this team, and you hate them that much that you're willing to go to such great lengths to affect the kids for? The rest of their lives, you know, mm-hmm. th- these kids went out and they did something that 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 was special. And granted, they can't take that away. And you know what? He can't take away the ass whooping he received. But right. um, I, I still think it's it's unfortunate and it's it's kind of difficult because you look at this and you're like, okay, these guys definitely broke the rules. Um, and and whoever said it, I forgot who said it. I think it may have been B. Yeah, maybe the adults should be punished. And not the kids. Why, why, why punish the kids for actions that they didn't have any involvement in that we know of? Now, um, I, I, you know, I don't know. I think that's unfair. But for this guy, this grown man, to sit here and be that bitter, that upset because he lost—no, not lost, because he got beat down by this team. Like for real? Like it's, it's really that serious for for you to go? Just for them to be punished this way, you know, I, I don't know, man. That that um, that's a little disturbing, but it also kind of on the back end of it teaches teaches the the unfortunate in a, in, a, in in the wrong way. Like cheating doesn't win, but I think that that's kind of like goes that that goes without saying. Um, what what happened um, is is unfortunate, and I think it shows that this guy. This guy is a is a low down low down piece of shit. If if, if you ask mm-hmm. me to uh, to have you know that happen, I mean, and I see I didn't know much about the story. I didn't know that they had shut him down like once once or twice, and he just kept yeah. going on and on. So that's why I'm going as far as I am with it, because it's not like you know they found it on the first go round. Like he kept pushing for this. So, you know, he, so, yeah, man, he's a low-down piece of shit, man, and a sore loser, man. And um, and, and that's just unfortunate that the kids have to suffer for that. Yeah, I agree totally, man. I think it's – um, it, it, it's you you got to remember, at the end of the day, and I think sometimes just – I know just from, from coaching Little League football myself, you know, a lot of times you come and, – and, and they're easy to spot. You find these coaches that are trying to – and FIFO, you coach too. You see these coaches trying to live their childhood dreams through these kids, you know, and it's not fair to the kids. You know, my my time of playing little league football, and I, I would tell my kids all the time, my time is coming gone. I, I can't play little league football anymore. So I'm not trying to win a championship through these kids because I didn't win one as a child. No, I mean, there's, there's nothing I can do about that. I mean, it's not like, you know, it's not like they give us Super Bowl rings for winning the championship. Um. That being said, these kids are the, the the ones who get hurt hurt the most. 
you can't tell them that they didn't win because they won. I mean, like, you can take their title away from them, but you can't tell them that they aren't winners. I mean, they were the ones that beat every team. They were the ones that visited President Barack Obama in the the Oval Office. Um, They were the ones who... You know, did all of these interviews and 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 things of that nature. Now, and and there were some parents that I think on that team that knew about this rule or, or these rules that, and they kind of because I think from what I understand, they had to submit a geographical map as far as where they were, and I think the map was somewhat distorted or whatever as far as where the kids were actually from. But I mean, if you think about it, and, and people, you can you know this because you're from that area. You know, it's not really. Yeah, especially when you're doing well, it, it's people are going to claim you. So if you're from Hyde Park and you're not, you, and, and kids from Hyde Park aren't supposed to be on the team, it, you know, it's it, by the time you know you start having some type of success, you know, everybody in Hyde Park is going to be like, oh yeah, that's little Johnny. He's he's from around the way. He's he's on this on this Jackie Robinson West team. And so you know, I, I don't know that you know they knew what they were doing. I'm not absolving the parents, no, the, more so the coaches than anybody else. Because the coaches, I know how it is, coaches will go to parents and say, hey, can little Johnny come play for me? You know, we'll work this out, whatever, whatever. And I think one thing that gets kind of lost in translation is that you have to keep in mind is that, you know, let's just keep it real. Black kids aren't playing baseball like they were when we were coming up. So to see these kids and to see there were other there, there were black kids all across this country, all across the world that watched these little boys play, and they thought to themselves, you know what, maybe I should give baseball a try, that type of thing. So I think, you know, that gets lost too because now you're trying to take that those images away. And the kids didn't do anything wrong. They just went out there and played baseball the best they could, and they beat everybody. Um to the coach that did that, I, I hope he sleeps well at night. I don't know how you can sleep with yourself um, because there's nothing. That, and here's the thing: there's nothing he gains from that because the title, when they strip the title from Jackie Robinson West, the title goes to I think the team in the in Las Vegas that they beat. And they and I and I saw an interview on uh, NBC News. They interviewed one of the kids from that team, and he said, he said, I'm glad we won the title. He said, but to be honest, it doesn't feel the same because Jackie Robinson West beat us. He said, I think they deserve the title. They beat us, fair and square. And this is coming from the mouth of a kid, not a parent. So he even recognized, like, look, we didn't go to the White House. We we didn't go to the to the World Series. They beat us, so, you know, you can give us the title of the USA champions, but we only champions in name. That's it. We didn't we didn't win it. So um, hopefully some good comes from this. Uh, I know that they're talking about possibly lawsuits and things of that nature, and, you know, that's frustrating in and of itself. And like I said, you, my heart goes out to the kids because I don't know how, as a parent, I can explain that to my 13-, 14-year-old child. Like, look, you know, y'all won, but you didn't win. You know, that's that's tough. That's tough. And, you know, so hopefully these kids – they stick together and they keep playing together and, you know, going to bigger and better things, but that won't be the thing that defines them. Um, trust me, you haven't heard the last of these. Cause, and these are good, from what I understand, these are really good kids. Um, so they're not just baseball players. They're good all-around kids. So hopefully this not the last that you're going to hear from them in their lifetime. Uh, the phone number to call in, 646-478-0356. Again, 646 
478-0356. This is the place where sports opinions collide. I'm your host, 12 Kyle. This is Dead End Sports. Joined by my partners, BZ, V4, and Ken. Hit us up, 646-478-0356. Now, jumping back to the NBA, the... uh, we just had the All-Star break, as we mentioned. Um, the All-Star, the, excuse me, the second half of the season will resume on Thursday, which is also the trade deadline on, uh, I think it's uh, 4 o'clock on Thursday afternoon. Um, question I want to throw out to you guys, and I'll start first with you, FIFO, uh, with the trade deadline, uh, trade deadline approaching. Uh, who are some players or a player that you think will get moved um, by the deadline, or who you think should be looking to be on the move? If, if, if I'm OKC and I'm considering I have the second best player on the planet and he might be walking and we need to make this playoff run, um, outside of trading my big three plus Dion, I'm going after Brook Lopez, man. Uh, I'm, 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 going, I'm going all out. You, you've seen the West. Um, all of the contenders make minor moves. Okay, she already made a minor move in getting Dion, but you get Brooke Lopez. That that's that's a major move, and and I and I think that that gives that OKC squad more balance. Uh, it it gives them a guy they can they can slow when the game slows down in the playoffs that he can get you some buckets and it's not just a jump shot. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I I think you'll probably see Brooke. Um, Detroit's interested in uh, Joe Johnson. Uh, so Detroit's yeah, I looking at uh, Yeah, yeah. Um, I I you know I, I th- there's a lot of moves out there. Uh, Drogic, um supposedly might be on the move, but um, out of all of the moves, I think that the best and biggest one would be Brooke Lopez to OKC. Okay, 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 okay. What about you, uh, BZ? Uh, you mentioned Joe Johnson. You, <laughs> are you looking to, to, to bring the, the, the former Hawk, former Brooklyn Net, or current Brooklyn Net, aboard to uh, the Pistons team? No, no former <laughs> Hawk player at this point. I don't want Joe Johnson on our squad, no. You saw, hey, we got Joe Johnson, and look how that turned out. Even though, yeah, two completely different type of players or whatever, but still. Just, I'm just superstitious like that. Like, I don't, you know, if if if, if Atlanta, a former Atlanta Hawks player didn't work out, I don't know if I would want another one. I mean, look, at he's starting to be bounced around the league. I mean, it ain't working out for him at right. Brooklyn. So, I don't know if he, I don't know if he's pissing material. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I don't know. So, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, I, I completely mirror what people said, man. If, if OKC can... Go ahead and get Brooke Lopez, man, because, you know, Kendrick Perkins, he's, he's just a super liability on offense for them. I mean, he just – it's just it's, – it's sad watching them offensively, you know, try to do something with him offensively. He's just not there for that. I mean, it's obviously, but he's just a super liability on, on offense, man. And they, they do need someone they can get down there and get buckets. Abaka, he's going he's gonna to shoot you those 15-footers and block shots and play defense at the same time. So you got that. If you can get another seven footer that can go down there and got have a sweet spot for the basket, man. OKC gonna be dangerous, man. So yeah, I completely, completely agree with people on that one. That Brook Lopez to the OKC, if they smart, they make that move. I mean, even if it does require trading off Kendrick Perkins, I, I say do it. No doubt, no doubt. What about you, Ken? Who do you think uh, with the trade deadline looming on Thursday? Who do you think is gonna get moved? Uh, Joe Johnson definitely. I think he's he's out. They were talking about moving him earlier this year. Um, 
but they never did. And I, I'm actually seeing that Drogic is definitely, uh, he's definitely out of there, um, which is two of the guys that, that FIFA mentioned. Um, and pretty much those are really like the only guys that I have that I've been seeing because, you know, you look at um, the Suns and, and with them, you know, bringing back uh, uh, Isaiah Thomas. Isaiah Thomas, you know, yeah, they, they've got, like, yeah. I think they got two or three point guards on that team. Right, because they still got Bledsoe. So, and, you know, and, and Drogic is saying that he, he's not going to resign, you know, with them next year. So it just makes sense to to go ahead and trade him and try to get what you can for him. Um, and, you know, I, as far as uh, as far as far Joe Johnson, man, I mean, you know, I, I'm like B, man. I don't know if I would want him right now because he – you know he'll he'll play great in stretches and then he'll have bad games and stretches and and one report I read says that uh, a lot of it has to do with just being tired you know and fatigued so um, man if you you know maybe you need to go to a, a team that you don't have to do as much offensively but um, at the same time that would kind of bother me as well because I don't want to give up something to get a little bit of nothing you know in return. So, uh, so, yeah, man. I, I think those are really the only, the only one that I really got. Um, and I just, I just found out. I just saw about Drogic. So, the only one I really had was really Joe Johnson, and that popped up mm-hmm. on, on my phone today. <laughs> so, that's yeah, it. Yeah, same here. I, I was, I was kind of surprised about Joe Johnson. If, if I'm the Pistons, much like B, I, I'm not, because I think Johnson is, he, he's definitely on the downside. It, like you said, Ken, he's, he's a guy that. When he's going, he's going. I mean, if, if he's knocking down shots, he's good. But he also will go through stre- – He even when he was here, he goes through stretches where you wouldn't even know he's on the floor. And I'm like, if I'm paying you $20 million, I need to know that you're on the floor at all times. Um, I think Drogic's definitely going to get moved. Uh, the guy was the guy in Milwaukee. Larry Sanders, uh, he may get cut or either uh, or bought out, uh, as you all know, uh Amari Stoudemire just got bought out by the New York Knicks uh, last night. Then he's about to sign with the Dallas Mavericks. Um, and, and speaking of that, real quick, do you think that that's a? Do you think that that helps Dallas that be that much better? FIFO signing uh, Stoudemire. Um, I I think so. Um, you know because Amari. You know he he's into that second or third phase of his career. You know he he he's he's going to be a role player now, and um, you know going to a coach like Rick Carlisle, he maximizes everybody. He's one of the best coaches yeah. in the NBA, um, and and I think Amari is going to give them um, some some additional size, some length, somebody that you can pair with either Tyson Chandler or Dirk Nowitzki um, as as the second big. Um, and, and, and either he, he's going to be dangerous for them. Um, hopefully Rondo could get back. Um, you know, he suffered that face injury, you yeah. know, and, and everything can start to click before the playoffs. Um, that's my only concern is, is can they get everything working uh, this year for that? Um, another big player is Aaron Oflalo. You know, there's a lot of teams. The Bulls are interested. Um who else did I see? I saw Detroit was interested. You know, so 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 there's a lot of good players, man. I think that 
this is kind of what I anticipated last year. I was just a year early, but yeah, I think that we're we're like it's not done. We're gonna see some players being moved. So we, you you definitely think we're gonna see? And I, I think the reason why I'm always kind of skeptical because. You know, a lot of times it's you know a lot of these teams they they're they're really at this point in the season you really should be hitting your group, and then when you add a piece, you know it could negatively affect the, the 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 chemistry that you have with that particular team. It just depends. I mean, like we we mentioned earlier in, in the show uh, when the Pistons brought in Rashid Wallace in 2004, that was perfect. I mean, he fit right in, and he wasn't someone who. You know, didn't cause a fuss or anything like that. He fit right in. He fit into their offense, fit into everything that they did defensively. And he was the missing link to get them over the hump. And they, you know, ultimately won the the championship. I'm just wondering if there's a guy out there, much like, say, a guy like Brooke Lopez going to, if they can get him in OKC, I think that could be a, a guy who could definitely help them, you know, move up, first of all, in, in, the, uh, in the playoff rankings and then, you know, make some noise in the playoffs because that's OKC. They are clearly set on they want to. They feel like they can win it all, but obviously they've got to get in first. So we're definitely going to see how it plays out. The trade deadline, as I mentioned, is Thursday at 4 p.m. The NBA action returns uh, Thursday night as well as Friday night. So NBA action will be back in session. Uh, hit us up six four six four seven eight zero three five six. Let's jump to the phone lines. Let's go to area code eight three one eight three one. You're on with Dead End Sports. What's your name? Where you calling from? Hey, my name's Rico. Calling from California. How you guys doing? What's going on, man? Uh, not much. Uh, damn, I called a while ago. Now y'all said a bunch of stuff. I was going to say. Um, uh, going back to Detroit. Uh, I don't know if y'all saw this, but Draymond Green is actually interested in joining the Pistons in the off season. Um, okay. So, uh, I just want to you, do you think, think do be, you think uh, that Golden State is going to let Draymond Green leave? Though, I mean, I, I haven't. I got to look up his contract and see when it's up. But uh, I, I was just reading on Beach Report that he's really interested in joining the Pistons after the, the season's over. Okay, okay, I got you. After the season, okay. Yeah, I, I saw that too. But Kyle, you, you also got to figure uh, Steph Curry is on a very, 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 very team friendly. Four-year, forty-four million dollar contract. Clay Thompson just signed for a little bit under max money. Um, I think Bogut becomes a free agent. Draymond, and you're gonna have to pay stuff. Uh, you're already paying Iguodala, David Lee. So, got to make a decision. You not, you can't keep everybody. Yeah, yeah. that's true. That's a good um, point. Oh, something else. I was gonna say I'm a Suns fan, so uh, it it would kill me if Drogic left. Man, I love Drogic. I, last year I thought he, should, he was an All Star snub. He was oh, he definitely, was up good definitely should be All Star last year. But oh, I don't know. But I'd you got, but you've got three quality point guards. I mean, can you? You really can't balance having Isaiah Thomas, Bledsoe, and Drogic. I mean, they've I made mean, it work thus far, but okay. I mean, how, how do you how do you think okay. that it's going to continue like that? Um, well, I don't I don't think I don't think first of all I think Isaiah Thomas was a big mistake. I don't think we should have brought him in. I love Isaiah Thomas. I think he put up really good numbers with the team, but I just think he was a piece that we didn't really need. I really wanted us to get rid of Plumlee because I think he's kind of a okay. liability as far as defense and uh, scoring goes. And uh, yeah, basically. Uh, just as a Suns fan, I, I really would hate to see Dragic go. But if we do have to trade him, 
I would like to get a big man. I, I, I'm tired of Plumlee. Oh man, I understand. You know I what? I, I was surprised they brought um, you know uh, some of the guys back that they had because you know I thought they really liked Drogic and and wanted to keep him and and he thought the same thing too. So when they brought Thomas back, he was shocked and surprised and uh, actually felt a little bit betrayed. Um, so and and much like you, I don't I don't know why they even brought him back when you got a guy like Drogic that could do you know pretty much the same thing. So I, 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 that was a uh, confusing to me, but maybe they felt like they wasn't going to be able to keep him long term and wanted to make sure they had a uh, you know some assurance. Yeah, I'm not sure reasoning. what they were thinking. No, that wasn't their reasoning. Their reasoning was because they already started Bledsoe and Drogic. They wanted to bring another guy off the bench so that way their their style didn't change regardless of there was a starting unit or the, the, the off-the-bench unit. So that was their reasoning in bringing in Isaiah Thomas. Oh, okay. All, well, all I know is that if we trade Drogic to the Houston Rockets, that elevates Houston to a big contender in my eyes because I disagree. him and Beverly... I disagree. Beverly's going to be part of that trade, and he's going to have to be part of that trade. And I, I, I don't think that Drogic and Harden complement each other. They're, they're, they're essentially the same player, and I, I, I don't, I don't think that that elevates them because it's not a compliment. It, it actually is, is, is going to be a detriment to one of those guys because they both score in the same way. They both need the ball in their hand. They both spot up three, one on one, break you down type players. Um, can they stand there and, and, and shoot some threes? Yeah, but they don't they don't complement each other. I, I don't think that it works long term. You don't think Drogic's used to that already, though, being in a three point guard system? He's used to not getting the ball as much. No, he, he probably wants the ball. Harden Harden shoots way more than Bledsoe, and and, and Bledsoe. See, those three Phoenix guards combined, I think they only average like twelve assists a game. Harden is the is 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 the is the second highest non-point guard um, to average assists in the NBA. So Harden does it all. He's the number one scorer, and he's also, I think, in the top 10, top 12 in assists. So Bledsoe doesn't do that. Drogic doesn't do that. They're more scoring guys, and they need the rock. So I, I just I don't see how that works. True. Uh, just real quick, just to touch back on uh, Jackie Robinson West, uh, I okay. feel really bad for the kids and everything. But do y'all think it kind of reminds y'all of the Flategate, where a team, uh, team just gets obliterated and they have to go to the quickest reason as to why? Um, not really, because I, because we're, we're dealing with kids here, and and like I said, I, I I coach youth sports, so I know a lot of times there's there's always politics involved in whatever you do, but there's also a lot of times you have these you know grown men who are really trying to you know, relive their childhood and they take these losses and or they take or they take these wins, you know, so personal. And it's not, you know, it's it's not about you, it's about the kids. You know, you you've had your chance to be 13, 14 years old. I mean, let it go. And, you know, I it, it you shouldn't want to win at all costs. And I know that sounds cliché, but you shouldn't because you you're sending a you're sending a bad message as a parent, as a coach to these kids. Um, and uh, here again, I think the thing that is 
really sad about the entire situation that these kids didn't know. You know, it'd be different if they knew, you know, but they don't know that they were outside of the geographical land. From what I understand, the geographical lines, it, it, we're only talking about maybe a couple of city blocks, maybe two or three city blocks. So it's not like, you know, the, they pulled kids that weren't even living in Chicago, that they were pulling kids from, you know, the way out in the suburbs. But I, my thing is, and then like I said, it, it's a Little League baseball issue, but who cares if you pull a kid from suburbs or you pull a kid from the west side or wherever? You should want these kids to get together and play ball if that's what they so choose to do. So, I mean, but I, I, I fault the coaches. I, I fault the coaches and the parents yeah, that participate in it, but I, I fault the coaches ultimately because, you know, they, they cost these kids. And they knew that that was a rule. So it's not like they didn't know. I think there's a bunch of there's uh, some lawsuits going on too that a lot of the parents are claiming that uh, it was racially motivated that they were just being targeted. Um, I, I've heard that. I think that you know there could be some validity to that uh, because the coach who blew the whistle, his team. I don't know if his. I know he was white, but you know, I, I'm not really. I don't know. I, I, don't, I can't speak for the other guys. I I just. To me, that it's not that big of an issue as far as the race is concerned. But my thing, my, I'm more concerned with the fact that this was done. Ultimately, it falls back on the coaches. You can you can scream racism all you want, but it was still the coach. The coach knew. He knew that that the he knew where the lines are. So I mean, you know, you you can't really get mad and scream racism when you were partly you know at fault here, or excuse me, you're totally at fault. Uh, yeah, I agree completely. I just wanted to hear your guys' thoughts about that. Yeah, and I don't. I see when I heard the story. I, I, I honestly, I thought the other guy was black that uh that snitched on him, um and and I didn't even think about race at all. Um, outside of the fact that it was black kids affected, I thought that that was right. unfortunate for them to uh, accomplish uh, such a great feat, but. Um, I mean, I, I could, you know, I, I think people will reach for that mainly because they, they're both of two different colors, um, and then you know, to the great lengths that the guy went to, uh, to expose that team, um, I could see them making that argument. But you know, I, I don't think it needs to turn into that discussion. You know, I think we need to look at the fact that, you know, these kids were affected by you know, a sore loser for one and two coaches that were willing to bend the system at all costs in order to win. And um and, and unfortunately there was a cost and that cost ended up um hurting those you know, affecting those kids. So but racially motivated I can see the argument being made, but for me I don't consider that a factor in, in this story at all. I think the guy just mad he he was just mad because he lost. Right. And and it, it it's 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 a slippery slope when you start throwing race in it because you know like Ken said you that removes when you start talking about race especially in this climate in this country if it's a part of the narrative then that's one thing but I think this is it's not the that's not the, the focus the focus is you know if you want punish the punish the coach take strip the the title from the coach I don't know you know find them and I know it's a little league team so you know it's not like they got money you know you can't find them hundred grand but you know it, I, I feel for these kids because all they did with all they did was that they got together and played baseball and they would have gotten together and played baseball regardless whether or not it was the World Series or not 
and it's just unfortunate because they're they're ultimately the ones who will suffer. I, we, you know, without looking it up, you don't even know who the parents are or, or who the, the coaches' names. You know, but you you know the faces and you know these little kids, and you know that's going to stick with them. But hopefully, you know, they're able to you know bounce back and not let this setback to define them. Because to me, and I think I speak for the rest of the fellas, they're still champions in my eyes. You know. Yeah, I agree. All right, well, thank you guys for uh, taking my call. I appreciate it. Uh, love what you guys are doing. No love that in hip-hop. Love that in sports. Uh, hey, Ken, is, uh, is Lil Wayne still spitting fire in that video? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you guys have a good night, man. I appreciate it. Hey, man, no All problem. Right. Thanks for calling in, man. We definitely appreciate it, bro. All right, see you all next Tuesday. Peace. Phone number to call in, 646-478-0356. Again, 646-478-0356. This is Dead End Sports. I'm your host, 12 Kyle. Joined by my partners, Beezy, Ken, and FIFO. Hit us up, 646-478-0356. Another guy we forgot to mention, and shout-out to our boy Q. He mentioned it on, on Twitter um, as far as players that probably will get moved. Uh, Lance Stevenson in uh, Charlotte uh, for the uh, Hornets, not the Bobcats. Um very disappointing season for Lance, man. Uh, guy that they thought was going to be the difference maker, and um, man, well, I don't even know what happened to Lance, and, and, and more more so that team too. That team really is underachieved this year. That that was another team that they thought would probably, you know, be in the mix for uh, you know not just a playoff seed, but be able to make some noise in the playoffs, man. So, um, well, he's probably definitely going to be a player on the move. Uh, let's see. I'm reading back some comments from Twitter. Uh, let's see. Aflalo. Uh, oh yeah, we did mention Aflalo. Uh, my man Evan mentioned uh, Terrence Ross from uh, Toronto too as well. Um, and Derek Williams. Uh, shout out to Josh Chapman. Uh, hit us up. He said Der- uh, D. Will man. Derek Williams. Man, uh, not Derek with Darren Williams. Darren, what you talking about falling off? What happened to Darren Wilson's Darren Williams game, man? Injuries uh, just went away outside of that Utah system to uh, to New Jersey, and he's played well there. But I think a lot of it had to do with with injuries, man. And that, if you ask me, yeah, that's man, true. It, you know, it, it, injuries and, and Darren Williams just seemed like a guy that that didn't expand. Like he 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 didn't expand his game. He was what he was, but like he never grew. And and then the injuries happen, and now he's a bum. So and he's, a, and he's a very no, no. I'm being honest. He, and I'm being calling him a bum. bum. People. He's a bum, uh, and and he's a very expensive bum. A oh, very, very much so. Twenty-one million, man. Yeah, that's a lot. That that is a lot. Man, and and this was a Brooklyn team that, you know, they they made a a really really, sh- you know, is strong investments on making a short term run with uh, bringing in KG and Paul Pierce and and Darren Williams and Joe Johnson and this was supposed to be these were supposed to be the guys that were going to unseed LeBron and and D Wade and and look at them now I mean they, uh, you know they they're really really struggling and you know it's only a matter of time before uh, what what speaking of, before we jump back to the phone lines. KG, does anybody see KG possibly uh, leaving as well? Or maybe, I mean, there's some rumors that he may end up in um, in Clipperland with Doc Rivers. I don't think so. Oh, I think he might retire. 
Okay. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if KG hang it up. I mean, at this point, I don't think he has nothing to lose. He got a championship. Nah. He's he's gonna be a you know he's gonna be a Hall of Famer. He's gonna go down as one of the top you know top you know five top ten power forwards that ever played a game in GBA. So you know I, I don't think he has enough to prove in my opinion. I think I think KG should retire. Unless, I mean unless he still want to play basketball, but that's just my personal opinion. Agree. I I think he still wants to play, and I think that if he does, that the Clippers are gonna be the best place for him to go because they lack uh, depth up front. Um, and, you know, obviously the relationship with with, with uh, Doc, and he'll bolster that, that, that bench because, let's be honest, he's not starting over DeAndre or Blake right now. So, right, exactly. Uh, you know, with, with KG, Jamal Crawford, uh, Spencer Hawes off the bench, you know, that, 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 that's, that, that, that's better than what they have, you know, and he provides that championship leadership because nobody on that team has won a championship outside of Doc Rivers. So, that's you know, true. You, 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 Great you point. need that. Um, you, you, you need that veteran leadership. Um, been, been there, done that type of guys. And, and you already know what KG brings in terms of the intangibles. You're not even talking on the court, you know. So I, I, I think he'll definitely bolster that Clipper, that Clipper team because it, it – this year is wide open, and if they don't make their run for it this year, I, I I don't I don't know when when the West becomes you know you know a little bit easier to navigate. So it's they, not, I it's not go easier. <laughs> That's a good point, before The West is not getting easier by any stretch of the imagination. So it's almost like it's now and never. I mean, last year they had the whole Donald Sterling thing hanging over their head, so you know you kind of gave them a pass for that because it was such a huge distraction. But now, I mean, you know, and and the clip, and we talked about it a couple of weeks ago. The Clippers have been very un- inconsistent this season. They've been up and down, and they've won games that they probably should have lost. And they've lost a lot of games they probably should have won. So um, I'll be very interested to see how Doc pushes this team. Uh, on the on the back half of the, of the season, um, let's jump to the phone lines. Let's go to area code seven seven three seven seven three. You're on with Dead End Sports. What's your name? Where are you calling from? Hey, what's up? It's Jock Man. Jock Man, what's going on, man? Uh, not much. I didn't think I would be able to call in today. Um, but I was oh, glad. good, man. I, what you got for it? Just made in. Um, I just want to say something quickly about the Jackie Robinson team. Right, um, no doubt. It, it, it's uh, it was it's a real shame, and I completely blame the adults for this. But yeah, it's a real shame because that was like the summer, the, the story of the summer in Chicago, mm-hmm. because um, you know the, the baseball teams, the MLB teams weren't doing well, and like we just like got the bad taste out of our mouth from the Blackhawks and the Bulls not making it in the playoffs, and we right. were waiting for the Bears to disappoint us in the fall. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that was it was exciting, like. Morning Davis took a back seat to Jackie Robinson West in Chicago. It was um Yeah, like I remember like being there for being like watching the game at a Buffalo Wild Wings, like with a bunch of other people cheering mm-hmm. on the the team when they were playing in the national championship game. Right. But yeah, it's a shame. It, it, they broke the rules though. It's you, you even if it's just like a few blocks away, you still broke the rules. You cheated to make your team better. Now you you live um, there in Chicago. What what has been the talk around the city, man, about this and, and the fallout from it? Um, a lot of people are upset, but mostly their anger has been going towards the adults in this situation. They're not uh, mm-hmm. 
they're not like giving any shit to the kids, thankfully. Um, yeah, it's like most of us are accepting that they broke the rules, but I mean it's a shame because everyone was like all over these kids in uh during the summer. Like there was a parade for them. They went. Right. They were like at both the Wrigley Field and U.S. Cellular Field, like meeting like the baseball teams. It was pretty cool. Yeah, I saw uh, I saw they had you know celebration at, at 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 Grant Park, and I mean like it was packed. You know, people watching the games and stuff, and you know these kids were you know literally not only just little league superstars, but just heroes in Chicago, and um, you know especially at a time where kids their age were you know getting you know especially you know you, even if you look at like the South Side of Chicago, kids getting killed. Uh, and, and this was something. This is a good story about. Uh, excuse me, a great story about these kids, um, as far as you know what they brought to the game. Like you said, they brought people out and had people cheering for them from all walks of life. So, you know, very unfortunate that it ended the way that it did because you know some people wanted to bend the rules. Yeah. No doubt. No doubt. Um, what, what did you think of the uh, All Star Weekend? Um, I didn't really watch much of it. I saw okay. some of the dunk contests. I actually saw uh, Zach Levine's big dunk. That a big dunk. I thought it was pretty cool. I am that actually make me want to watch more of it. Um, I didn't watch the uh, the spe- the All Star game because I was watching the SNL special. And uh-huh. uh, quick shout out to uh, Vic Mensa on the SNL special. Chicago rapper. No doubt. No, see, known since like 2011, and it was pretty cool to see him on stage with Kanye West and Sia. Now I missed his performance. He so he performed with Kanye. Yeah. Okay. I, yeah, I was watching the All Star Game, so I didn't see it. I did DVR it, but I saw people were talking about Kanye was like wigged out on the uh, performance. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was definitely something you don't normally see on SNL. <laughs> <laughs> hey, something you don't normally see, and Kanye seem to go hand in hand here lately. <laughs> yeah, but that was you got anything cool. else for tonight, Jock? Oh, uh, no, that's it. Hey, man, as always, man, we appreciate you for calling in, brother. All right, call you guys next week. Yes, Peace. Peace. Phone number, Jock, call 646-478-0356. Again, 646-478-0356. This is Dead End Sports. I'm your host, 12 Kyle. Joined by my partners, partners in crime, Beezy, FIFO, and Ken. Hit us up, 646-478-0356. Uh, after we finish in the next few minutes, make sure that you run over, if you haven't done so already, go over to YouTube, youtube.com backslash Sports. Check out our latest video as we talk about the All-Star festivities of 2015. We talk about the, well, we don't talk about the game, but we talk about uh, just the uh, three-point shootout and, and, and slam dunk competition and skills challenge. Uh, just great, great video, as always. My man Modest Media behind the camera. Uh, making it happen for us, we definitely appreciate him as well. Six four six four seven eight zero three five six. Looks like we got time for one more question. One more question before we get out of here. Um, and Ken, I'll start with you. What player has been the big or players have been the biggest surprise for you this season? There's been a lot of players that have kind of broken out or maybe bounced back from injury or what have you. Play, think of a, can you think of a player or a player two who have been like the biggest surprise for you uh, for the first half of the season? Um, you know what? You, you, there's one guy that that continues to stand out to me. 
Um, and that's Gordon Hayward, man. Um, he, okay. he plays in Utah, and you don't see him much. They're not winning a lot. But whenever I look up, man, he, he's put up some numbers, man. And, and and I wish I could actually see him play more because I would just love to see kind of what his his full game is like on a continuous basis instead of just seeing, you know, highlights here here or there or maybe catching a game right. or two. But um but man, he's he's consistently putting up numbers, man, and and um and and I I, I think the guy can play and um and, and I, I really wanna see uh see Utah succeed or see him go somewhere else where he can we know where we see if it's the real deal, but I'm starting to really like that guy, man. Because you know, coming out, you it's kind of hard to tell, um, you know, with, with certain guys like him. But um, so far, he's proven he, he can belong, man. And we remember what he did to Cleveland early in the season. So, um, yeah, Gordon Hayward, that's that's my guy. What about you, B? Any anybody jumped out you? You know, this first half of the season, just you big surprise in the NBA. Um, not really per se um, a player, but more so a team, and that's the Atlanta Hawks. I mean, I okay. think before this season started, if you would have said the Atlanta Hawks will be like pretty much what seven seven games ahead for, in first place in yep. the East right now, going into the All Star break, I'd be like, "What? Are you serious?" So, <laughs> I mean, and the way that they've been balling this season, and, and even the way they start off, they start off not really—they didn't start off like out the gun. Like they was like, what was it, like seven and six or something like that? Yeah, like, seven, seven and six. You know, yep. se- yeah, something like that. And then they just like started making this epic run, and now all of a sudden you you got people saying they might take the East, or they have a good shot of taking the East, or or you know, being in the NBA Finals, and they playing great team ball. This is like. You know, I don't even think they lost ten games yet. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, maybe if they lost uh, eleven, nine, they just lost eleven. Oh, 11? Right okay, so they, so, they, so, they, so they clipped over ten. Okay, but yeah, still, like right now, they, with their record, if you would have told me that, and in, 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 you know, September, October, I'd be like, you can't be. They ain't gonna do that. I was, <laughs> I was looking, I was right. in Atlanta being like a, you know, a fifth seed, you know, four or five or six seed in the in the playoffs this year, and and you know, they. They looking mighty strong, so that's definitely to me. That's definitely my my surprise for this season. I would have never guessed that, that Atlanta would be the way they looking right now. You know, with that roster. Oh no doubt, no doubt. What about you, FIFO? Biggest surprise of the the first half of the NBA season. Uh, for me, uh, I'm gonna say Steph Curry. Um, I, I didn't. I knew he was one of the better point guards in the league, and I knew Golden State was nice. But to have those guys playing like that and him to really be the leader, uh, I think already dropped multiple 50-point games this year. Um, you know, I, I think he's probably, and there's no way to obviously quantify this, but he's probably probably the most texted about player in the NBA. Because as soon as he starts to go all man, look, you hitting up somebody that you know that watches some ball. <laughs> it, oh, it, no it, question. It, it is ridiculous how he's able to get off and whenever he wants to. So uh, I, I'm going to have to go with Steph. Um, you know, I, I think B, 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 B with the Atlanta Hawks, he, he's right too, man, because you would have told me the Hawks were were going to be better than the fifth seed. I look at you like, man, you, like, you don't right. know about Cleveland and Chicago. And, right. You know, like, you know, so, man, like I, I think those are the two biggest uh, surprises for me. And then a disappointment is Charlotte, man. I 
I really thought that they were going to make some noise this year yeah. um, and really push a, a, a good team and, and, and get that that learning lesson, you know, for, for the years to come to really start to become a, a you know, a, a upper echelon team in the East. But, you know, I guess it don't happen that way. Yeah, I think for me, uh, probably the biggest team that surprised me has been uh, Milwaukee. Milwaukee losing uh, Jabari Parker. Uh, you know, Jason Kidd has the team playing. I think they're at 30 wins. I think they're going to make the playoffs. They play hard every night, so that's another team we don't get a chance to see every night. But make sure to check them out if you get a chance. Uh, we get notification that we got about 30 seconds left. want to thank everybody who called in. Uh, shout out to everybody who checked us out. Hit us up on Facebook and Twitter. Uh, remember, this show is being broadcast live each and every week. Tuesday night. So in the event you cannot listen to the show live, make sure that you check the archives at blogtalkradio.com backslash sports. That's going to do it for us this week. For Ken, for B, for FIFO, I'm your host, 12 Kyle. Holler at you next week. Peace! Peace!